Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, starting with verse 1 through to 14. And it's entitled, Who is the Greatest? At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come. But woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father, who is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. And then we go through to chapter 19 starting with verse 13, and it's entitled, Let the Children Come to Me, 13, 14, and 15. Then children were brought to him, that he, may lay, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away.
May the Lord bless us as we listen to Pastor Lorenz explain these words to us. Our text verse is Matthew 18 verse 5. Matthew 18 verse 5. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And that's the topic as well. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, in our passage, disciples had discussions between themselves. Who is the most important? And they tried to be diplomatic when they asked Jesus, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They could not agree. Peter, James, and John were all convinced that they are the greatest. Peter is the rock, the first elder to whom the keys of heaven were entrusted. James was Jesus' blood brother. And John was the disciple that Jesus loved, to whom he entrusted the care of his mother Mary at his crucifixion. But maybe it was Judas, the treasurer. Without finances, we cannot survive. For many, it's Judas. Every human being wants to be the greatest. This is why we can't see that we need Jesus to become free of a life of self-importance, a life of self-significance, and receive His peace that lasts for all eternity, that transcends all understanding. And so Jesus called a child, put a child in their midst and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus called this little child and put a child in their midst. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is a child. And what was so special about this child? To understand this, we should go back to understand what the children represented in Jesus' time. We should understand the background of our passage and why Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 19 that the children should come to him. Not hinder them. And then we will also understand how radical the gospel in our Lord Jesus Christ is. The gospel teaches us humility, servant leadership, to turn the other cheek, to forgive, as our Lord Jesus Christ forgave. To love unconditionally, to honor your husband and your wife. Honor your parents. It also tells us 
to turn away from sin, to become humble like children, to seek Jesus and forsake ourselves. In the first century, children were among the lowest members of society in both Gentile and Jewish cultures. Children and women, for that matter, were not viewed as having much worth. Like servants, any value they had was in connection to the husband or the father or the head of the household. They were seen as having little worth. But not for Jesus. Everyone has a place in the Lord's kingdom. And His kingdom is not only for adults, but also for children and those who are humble of heart and in need of salvation. In light of this, we should understand why the disciples wanted the children to be sent away. The children were not important enough for Jesus to spend His precious time on as a rabbi. And so Jesus wanted to teach the disciples humbleness for who the gospel and God's kingdom is. That we should welcome those whom no one wants. And that the gospel also come to you, brothers and sisters. The powerless, the humble, the rejected, with the same honor with which we receive the powerful. I've read a story about this new pastor who was about to receive in his new congregation. Congregation had many months before when he preached there. But they were not well accustomed to him. Let's say this is before social media where everyone could stalk one another. They have guests from other churches. They spent hours preparation for this pastor. And everything should be just the best. But the pastor was late. Probably Australian 15 minutes or so is still all right. And to their frustration, a beggar, supposedly druggy, from Penrith, moved to the back seat. People were quite uncomfortable, visibly upset. And to their biggest frustration, when the clock turned exactly 9.30 a.m., the beggar went to the pulpit and started to preach. This was the new pastor. This would be so radical to do this. But this is how radical Jesus' words were to his disciples. When he told his disciples to not hinder the children. The kingdom of God has as its citizens, people from all backgrounds, all walks of life. It's not a community for only the powerful, 
those who have it all together, but also for the brokenhearted, those who don't make any sense of this world, those who want peace, those who struggle. But it's a community for those who recognize that they are sinners, who know that they in themselves are nothing, and who are seeking Jesus beyond themselves to turn away from their sins to Jesus for their salvation. And Jesus showed for his ministry, it's for tax collectors, the lepers, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the hungry, those who thirst for righteousness. That's Matthew 5. This is for all who are called the children of God and who want to be children of God. Those who want to be free. And it's for our children. And this is why infant baptism this morning is such an important part and illustration of the gospel. That children can share without any contribution, any good works from their side. Out of grace alone. And so the church reformer Calvin understood this. And he wrote, thinking of inviting the little children, Calvin said, Christ does not receive only those who voluntarily come to him out of a holy desire and moved by faith, but also those who may not yet be old enough to realize how much they need his grace. God's grace it's for the children as well. In the form of the baptism we read, without their knowledge, our children not only share in Adam's condemnation, but are receiving to God's favor in Christ. And God's gracious attitude toward us and our children is revealed in what he said to Abraham, the father of all believers, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And so Christ also recognized that children are members of the covenant people when he took them in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them, as the congregation was blessed. And since baptism has replaced circumcision, our children should be baptized as heirs of God's kingdom and of his covenant. This means that baptism is a sign and a seal that we and our children belong to God, that they can be received in his name. Jesus died for our sins, and our sins were washed away with his blood in the same way as water washes away dirt. And that was the symbolism of the baptismal water, the sprinkling of the water this morning. Children are such a blessing to the church. This congregation is greatly blessed by our children. And I'm so grateful that this congregation is taking care of their children. Because Jesus made it clear that children and all children matter to God. Fathers and mothers, your children matter to God. 
Jesus values them not only for what they will become in the future, but who they are today. They are covenant children. Belong to the Lord, should therefore be baptized as a sign and a seal that they belong to God as well. That Jesus died for our children as well. And so the Apostle Peter answered in Acts 2 on a people's question. And you should remember that the gospel was preached to people. And they asked, what shall we do after they heard the gospel that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God? And so Peter answered him. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This was adult believers who were never baptized as children. But then Peter said, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, anyone, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And that's covenant relationship, where the Lord makes the promise. And our children are holy. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 14, to be holy means to be sanctified, to live different than the world. What has God done? God saved us in Jesus. God has given us His Spirit. Free Spirit, He has given us a new heart. And he is at work restoring us daily to what we should be. This includes our children, through the Lord's grace. Our children are holy because of God's covenantal love. That means he said he would be our God and we should be his children. They are sanctified, holy, separated for the Lord. Belong to the Lord. And so little Matthew was born in a covenant house. Through the Lord's grace. Child of a faithful father and mother. Mother and father who believes in Jesus. And therefore want their child to be baptized. And received in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened here this morning. Firstly we are baptized in the Father's name. Our God is for Christ's sake, our Father. This means that the care of an earthly father and the tender love of an earthly mother are all united in Him and a thousand times increased. We have a Father with whom we can have fellowship and glorious prayer. Can be more intimate than a child with his earthly mother and father. Based on what Jesus said, a covenant child can be received in the name of the Father. Be baptized in the name of the Father. Baptism in the name of the Father is the sign and seal of life in the Father's hand. He or she who is saying, our Father who art in heaven in prayer, is saying care, love and protection. And like Matthew was baptized today, instinctively know and trust his mother Linda. And sometimes, Ryan as well, to feed him. When he's hungry, we can approach our Father in heaven. Little Matthew knows that when he's crying, 
that they will be there. Our Father knows that it's well. Father in heaven. Jesus said that we can approach the Father in that way. Truly, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, expect the Father to care for us. You will not enter the kingdom of heaven. To know that God is the creator of heaven and earth. That nothing is impossible for the Lord. That the Lord saved us from eternal death. And the fact that he's in heaven strengthens our childlike trust even more. And with the same confidence that the child can go to his earthly father and mother, we can go to our heavenly father in the knowledge that he eagerly would give his children what they ask for me. We have done nothing to receive God's grace and mercy, but God sent his son to die for our sins. Therefore this child, but also every covenant child, should be baptized in Jesus' name as a sign that his sins are washed off by Jesus' blood. Whoever receives such a child in my name receives me. Therefore the baptism in the name of the Son is a sign of the righteousness in Jesus. It means that we are right in Jesus. Sign of pardon from eternal death, knowing that we are sons and daughters of God through Jesus Christ. For him we pray to our Father for all we need, also in suffering, pain, and hardship. Matthew was baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit. Spirit testifies to the Father and the Son, and the baptism in the name of the Spirit is a sign and a seal of our Father's closeness and care, His comfort and guidance. And the Spirit teaches us not to fear, Romans 8, fills us with strength, convicts us of our sin, but also assures us that we are children of God. That we are justified by what Jesus did on the cross for us. That we are heirs of God, God's children, and He is our Father. And the Spirit leads us in the Word. The Spirit leads us to come back to church if we haven't been in church, calling us. Solid belief that God is our Father and that we are heirs of God and His covenant promise. That God will always be our Father. And if we are like the prodigal son and daughter, that we can come back, that we should repent. And Jesus is the most important and the gospel should be our focus. A church should be Christ-centered. And if they are Christ-centered, they will never ask who the most important is or what our time and resources should be spent on. We will serve as Jesus served, willing to die for our faith, willing to suffer, willing to be humiliated, and we will spend our time and our children as well. Do everything that they are baptized in His name, instructed in Jesus' name, so that one day they can profess Jesus' name in front of the congregation. And the church will do everything that the gospel is proclaimed. 
People are called to repentance and faith. And it's so clear, Jesus said, what is the alternative? The alternative for not believe, believing in Jesus is death, eternal death, hell. And woe to anyone who leads children astray. We have a serious mission in this world. And sometimes we lose focus. Because of our self-importance. The same as the disciples, because we ask who the greatest East is. Sometimes we say, I work so hard and I spend so many hours away from my family so that my children can have a future. Jesus says the best future your children can have is that, is that you teach them about him. Disciple them so that they can have a future in the eternal kingdom of God. And when you do that, you are receiving your children in Jesus' name. Sometimes we say, yeah, it's better if I divorce my husband or wife because they don't understand me. The Bible tells us the best will be if mom loves dad and dad loves mom as Jesus did, unconditionally willing to die for one another. There's only one who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And for our sake, he became the least. That's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He became the one willing to serve, the one willing to wash our feet, the one who died for us. He became the one that taught us that children should not be hindered, but should be received in his name. And the Lord should be our focus. The Lord should be the most and when he's the most, we will also have a balanced view on our calling, our mission, and our church. Then we will serve as Jesus served. In all aspects of God's kingdom. We will receive the children as we have received little Matthew in Jesus' name. Ryan and Linda, there's some advice for you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. As you raise Matthew. Congregation, keep your eyes on Jesus as we raise our children. Receive them in the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember who you are and who you were. You are as dependent on the Lord as little children. Remember sometimes. The disappointment of life. And if you're not a Christian, remember also the things and that hollow feeling in your heart that can only be filled with the Lord. And even if you pay the bills, even if you are grown up, you are still a helpless child before the Lord. Without the Lord, we can't do anything. But you can do everything in him, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us strength. Philippians 4 verse 13. This is why we need to pray. We need to pray for little Matthew. We need to pray for Ryan and Linda, 
for wisdom that they will be true to their baptismal promises so that little Matthew can be raised in Jesus' name. We need to pray for our adult children. And we need to come back if we want it off. Pray for our children so that they can know that Jesus is the most important and not the idols, the fame of this world. But there was 180,000 people who attended Harry Styles on Friday and Saturday. And children were crying, weeping about Harry Styles. These are the idols of this world. Come to the Lord. Let it be the most important. Not the idols, the fame, the money, the self-worth of this world. Let us be a reminder of Jesus' invitation. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to conclude. Confess that you are more helpless that you, than you can imagine. Confess that you need to answer to Jesus' call. Repent of your sins, your life of self-reliance. Come to Him. Bring your children with Him, with you, so that they can be too received in His name. I want to conclude with these words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Woe to the world for temptations for sin. For it's necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptations come. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. Jesus was so clear. That's the that's the alternative. If your eyes cause you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. Better for you to enter life with no eye, with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words and Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, who received the little children, rebuked his disciples, but also taught us what's really important. And it's not us, but you are the focus. You who gave your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and died for our sins. Father, we pray that your gospel will be heard that our children will be taught in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for Ryan and Linda. We pray for wisdom, that they can teach little Matthew in your name. 
But I also can be assured that you are in control because little Matthew was received in your name. They can be comforted this morning. We pray for your congregation. We pray that we will be true to your words. That the invitation of the gospel will go to everyone. Also those who don't know it anymore. Those who turned away. Those who haven't heard it. Those who are still the most important of their own lives. That they will come and serve you. So that they can receive rest and peace in you. We pray for your people. And we thank you, Lord, that children. Amen.